Welcome to the Student Affairs Spectacular, the weekly podcast giving you a front row seat to the greatest student affairs show on earth. And now your ringmasters, Tom Kriegelstein and Dustin Ramsdell. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Student Affairs Spectacular podcast. Dustin here, and this is episode number 110 with Alex Fields talking about workplace engagement for this episode. Uh, so definitely glad we could get to this topic uh, with all the things that are happening in the news with the uh, Fair Labor Standards Act or the uh, FLSA, uh, the updates coming out with that uh, certainly has a lot to do with this topic, uh, just in general about uh, respecting people's time and uh, feeling as though people are being fairly compensated and, and a lot of other things that go into uh, feeling like you're engaged at work. So uh, a lot of great things in this episode, a lot of great things in the show notes for you all to check out. I uh, appreciate you all listening. Appreciate Alex for taking time out for this episode. And uh, yeah, with that and without further ado, this is episode number 110 with Alex Fields. So how's your day going so far? Not too bad. Uh, we had a water main bust. I'm not exactly sure where, <laughs> um, but my facility has been without water since about 10 30 or 11 o'clock this morning and have no idea when it's coming back off so like, like the water is like off in the building or multiple oh, buildings yeah. Yeah. yeah oh jeez. Yeah. yeah i've had like random stuff like that happen um and those, i guess the, those are just the days too because especially when like like a water main breaks like i'm powerless to do anything about it and it's just like you know just it's frustrating because i mean that's that's the nature of it i guess but um, you know, things like that happen. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully the water comes back soon. And where are you all at in your semester? I assume you're probably almost done, right? Oh, no, we're done. Well, we're done for spring, but I've got summer students here. Oh, uh, okay. And then I've also got, we're getting ready for conferences. Um, and then my facility is like the catch-all for any professional staff members whose buildings are down mm-hmm. um, for repair or whatever so we've got quite a few folks here um <laughs> yeah i was gonna say like oh good like that it's summer not many people are there but like if you're just like yeah just the final resting place of like all these other displaced uh you know huddled masses and whatnot it's uh still you know impacting a fair amount of people and yeah it's like it takes as long as it takes like to fix a water main you know like uh, yeah i don't even know i don't even know how that stuff works but um <laughs> uh cool yeah and, um yeah this is my uh this is almost just as like a footnote for myself uh, uh as much as it is for anyone else but uh this is the first podcast that i'm recording from my new job so i'm in like one of our conference rooms here yeah. um, they are they're very cool with me uh doing this as long as it like doesn't get in the way of other stuff but um yeah i'll just have to always remember this is the the first one uh, in a new place because I'd always do these in my office at my old job in the uh, in the residence hall, um, which came with its own kind of frustrations. And here we have like conference rooms, but it's also like you know people are pretty consistently using them, so like I don't wait for someone to get out of this conference room so I could slip in here and get all set up. So, um, but I think this will work. I think this will be good. It's a, it's a good setup. Uh, yeah, we will uh, start off here as we always do. If you just want to give an introduction of yourself and how you got to be where you are today. So my name is Alex Fields. I'm currently a residence hall director at the University of Cincinnati in Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, I had kind of 
a non-traditional path to student affairs in that I started college as an undergrad student all the way back in 2002 and it just wasn't for me and so I actually am a college dropout which I'm proud to say uh, <laughs> I think sometimes we have to you know recognize that things don't always work the way that we think they're going to so I actually left school um, in 2004 to take a full-time job with the Walt Disney Company worked for them for about six years in a variety of different roles but uh, most predominantly what stands out the most is relatable is that I served as a desk service manager in a couple of their hotels as well as, as, well as an assistant front desk manager and uh, you know the economy in 2008 as many of us may remember um, you know went downhill and so there was a lot of layoffs and I took that as a sign that it was time to get back to school so I earned my associate's degree and my bachelor's degree in Orlando, Florida, um, and then pursued my graduate studies in social work. And when I was looking for how I was going to pay for school, you know, I will admit that I am guilty of being someone who looked at that res life graduate assistantship and said, "Oh, fantastic! Mm. I can you know live on campus and my tuition's covered." And, this is somewhat related to social work and I got there and within a couple of months knew that I was going to be going down a completely different path than I thought I was because I just fell in love uh, with student affairs, particularly with residence life. And so I served as a graduate residence hall director at the University of Kentucky for three years while I received a master's degree in clinical social work. And then this is my first year here at the University of Cincinnati and my first uh, professional role in the field. Mm, yeah. Um, and I, I just had to say, it was kind of neat, like, because uh, I followed uh, the president of University of Cincinnati, uh, President Ono. Uh -huh. uh, like, I followed him on Twitter for, like, a decent amount of time, and then, like, you started working there. It was like, oh, it's kind of neat. Like, I, I just knew of that place. I knew that it was, like, <laughs> doing cool stuff. And then, like, you know, just the fact that I, I know somebody that works there that gets to yeah. sort of be a part of that is really neat. But uh, Ono is such a cool guy, and the students just adore him, and I think that really speaks to, uh, you know, how we can engage our students through social media to show that we're, you know, real people. <laughs> yeah, well, I will give him a shout out in the show notes. We'll, uh, people can go follow him on Twitter. Um, <laughs> uh, but I guess uh, I mean, it sort of connects, and I, I'm curious if there's anything from uh, Disney, that Disney part of your life that connects to the topic that we're uh, talking about for this episode, talking about workplace engagement, uh, kind of a broad topic, but, um, something that I know has just kind of swirled around and been uh, on my brain to talk about here on the podcast for a little while. Um, so again, just from any of your experiences and um, just however you kind of capture it in your brain, how do you define workplace engagement? So I think that, you know, workplace engagement or employee engagement really looks like, you know, when folks are truly excited about what they're doing and where they're doing it. And it's, you know, it's a higher level than just being a good employee or just being good at your job. Uh, you know, I've seen a couple of things where it's described as being in a flow uh, and almost this kind of bizarre description of it, of it exceeding um, any sort of normal focus, a hyper-focused state of mind, which I thought was kind of groovy a way to describe it. Um, but it, to me, it's just that extra step and it's, it's engagement with employees in the workplace, I think, really shows um, 
that the, the institution or the company really values the folks who work for them. I think it goes beyond, I just hand you a paycheck and thank you for coming to work. It's, we're so excited that it's you who's here. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, yeah, and I think it, we will uh, also link out, like we, when we were kind of discussing topics for this and um, I shared with you this uh, graphic, I feel like kind of makes its way around uh, like the essay chat world and whatnot. Um, I know I, I stumbled across it and saved it myself. So there's, there's a cool graphic that kind of captures, I think, kind of our basis uh, and kind of the foundation of what we're talking about here. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's so, there's so much to it and there's a lot of different aspects, you know, it's, it's kind of the individual and how they feel it's their colleagues it's their supervisor and it's you know all that kind of all kind of lumping together and stuff and i guess just to dig a little deeper and we'll we'll separate this out uh what do you see as sort of the um the symptoms of being engaged at work sort of the, what we're what we're hoping that you know places uh foster for them like what what are symptoms of being engaged you, you mentioned some of it but we'll, we'll get to the other side of the coin uh after this so symptoms of being engaged at work so i think if you've got some engaged folks uh at work you've got just a high level of performance you're seeing great communication our customers or in our world obviously our students are satisfied um, you're going to see really strong teamwork and, and commitment to the work that we're doing. And I think something that really stands out to you know, some of our folks who see budgets and things like that is you have a significantly lower turnover rate. So when folks are engaged, people are staying where they are. Uh, so that investment and in training that you initially made or the onboarding um, is really holding on for you. So you're not doing a lot of consistent recruiting um, or replacing, if you will. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I feel like another symptom is like uh, people are just like enthusiastic about being where they are. Like they will proudly say, "Like I work at this place, and I, you know, I love it." And uh, you know, they might try to like recruit other people because it's so good. You know, um, <laughs> so they're gonna like preach the the gospel of uh, wherever they work, like the company or the institution, those sort of things. Um, well, and then how do you just to kind of give some tips and advice and things so like yeah obviously any place would want to have engaged employees who are enthusiastic and uh, invested and committed and um, take a lot of pride in their work and are giving kind of good service to uh, their their customers or their students how would a place foster that how would they foster someone being engaged at work what are, what are some uh, obviously not, not a doesn't have to be a comprehensive list but just some some things that come to mind to you of how how a place could foster workplace engagement I think what's really important is that we really talk about the value of the people uh, within the institution, within the workplace. And um, it's funny because I was talking to Marcy Walton uh, earlier today as I was you know, kind of prepping for this uh, afternoon. And I said to Marcy, what kind of insightful things can I say about employee and workplace engagement? And she sent me this really great infographic that says, you know, employees stay where they are and gave me a list of and it says when they're paid well, when they're mentored, when they're challenged and promoted. Um, you know, and there's a number of other things on there, but it really got me thinking about what makes me feel like a valued employee or, and makes me want to be engaged is when I know that the, the folks who I work for are valuing who I am as a person um, and are excited about what I bring to the team. Right. I, yeah. Uh, I think, yeah, a good supervisor is going to acknowledge what makes each of their people on their team, you know, what they're good at, like what are their strengths, what, what makes them kind of a valuable member of the team and kind of, uh, yeah, like continuing to foster that and like supporting their development. And um, yeah, I th I, what I've seen is like 
people want to be places where they feel like they can grow or get promoted and you know there's opportunities for that versus like because i think that's a a common sort of punchline is that you have to move on to move up sort of things i i I would assume most people would be like would not want to have to like move their lives anytime that they want to you know or like get integrated to an entirely new organization anytime they want to get any sort of uh upgrade in their responsibilities and stuff and um yeah i mean just and I'm, I, I'm excited to be at this new job. And I, I know one of the things I'm excited about with this new company and um, I know a lot of other places do it as well. is just uh, the respect for time in the way of um, having really good like leave benefits, like really good pay time off and like, you know, encouraging people to like, you know, take vacation time, recharge and kind of a work hard, play hard mentality that, um, you know, something else you said of like uh, challenging. Like I think if you hold people up to high expectations, they will live up to them. And uh, certainly balancing that of like, if it's a really challenging place, balancing that with sort of the, you know, challenge and support of like, you know, we're going to support you. And if you need to take some time away or work from home or something, just to kind of balance things out that they respect that, they respect people's time and they don't, um, I don't know, put a, put too much uh, pressure on. Uh, Cause I think, certainly a either a symptom of a way or, or like a way that people disengage people is it's like i know some people have uh talked about how they have managers who are like you just need to sit at your desk and be there <laughs> from nine to five i don't care if you're just sitting there twiddling your thumbs for eight hours but you just need to sit there just because it's like a like an ego thing or something i don't know it's just like that they people need to be physically at their desk you know mm-hmm. eight hours every single day during the week when it's like I could be better serving my students or my customers or like balancing my time if I were to work from home this day or I don't know, just doing something else. And it's just, uh, I don't know, certain things like that. But um, I think it's really yeah. time that we're talking about this right now, particularly with what's come out with the, um, you know, FLSA standards, mm-hmm. um, you know, where we're talking about paying people more for the work that they're doing. But in reality, what I've found in everything that I've read and the research that I've done is that yes, getting a paycheck is great, but the, it's an it's you know an extra um, an external uh, you know reward system. It's not you know the value that you're getting from just hearing that you've done a great job. And so, I think what's important about you know what's happening in our field and in the United States in general as we're talking about overtime and things like that is that we need to recognize that maybe it's not just paying people more that's going to make people happy. It's, you know, kind of cutting out all of that extra work that maybe isn't necessary um, and rewarding people for what they are doing versus just saying, oh, well, you know, this is part of the job or other duties as assigned. Right. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. I'll link out to um, some of the literature that's coming out for that, like specific to, to higher ed. Because, yeah, it's like cause I think that's what some people's like grumbles are about is like, well, I'm not going to get paid anymore. It's just like they're going to cap me at 40 hours. It's like, yeah, well, that's good because, yeah, you were like working more than you should have and not getting compensated for it. Because, yeah, like if you're salaried, you could work from 40 to 80 hours a week and you're not getting paid anymore. So like now it's like, yeah, like respecting if somebody's working more than what is a standard work week, they should be compensated for that. Like if, you know, yeah, just like respecting people's time. That's a, that's a really good point. Um, so, okay. Other side of the coin. Yeah. Symptoms of being disengaged. So how, what, what would be representative of someone being disengaged at work? So I think we're, we're looking at people who are, you know, they're using their sick time, which is fine, it's there and you should use it, but maybe using it a little bit more um, than you, you necessarily would. Uh, you you kind of 
dread waking up and going to work in the morning. Um, you know, you're looking, maybe soft searching. You're not necessarily saying like, yes, I'm applying for jobs, but you're, you are looking to see what else is out there. Um, you know, and I think just not being excited about the work, even if it's something that you were really passionate about when you went into, um, no longer feeling that excitement or, you know, getting jazzed about what the, you know, what we're doing, not feeling like you're doing anything. There's no mission. There's, um, there's no empowerment. And, uh, I think the other thing that I keep going back to, what I think is so important is to talk about, you know, I'm just here for a paycheck. And, and as you mentioned, I come in at nine o'clock and I leave at five and I cash my check on the last day of the month. And, uh, that's that's what it is it's just a job yeah yeah i know that's that's a huge thing that uh i know was uh definitely like like an impetus uh i was going to job search anyway but it was really kind of propelling it forward that was i was starting to search earlier like he he said it's definitely indicative of being disengaged at work is uh at my my previous job there was a lot of good things about it but they didn't really convey you know the the importance of the work the value of the work and the impact that it was having and you know part of that is you know just doing good assessment so you know what impact the things you are are doing because you could sort of know anecdotally that like well i think i'm doing a good job like i i don't think that people hate me or something you know like my students that i'm serving are you know not egging my apartment or something you know right. but um yeah like it's just very different you know different cultures that'll really help people understand the impact of what they're doing and really get them energized and really get them motivated. And, um, yeah, I think that that's certainly a balance. Again, I'm just like the balance of, uh, respecting people's time and those sort of things. Like you said, it's like that, uh, you know, using your sick time, it's like, yeah, like people should feel okay. Not like pressure to like, you know, work even when they're sick, but if they're like kind of, you know, faking it or something, it's like, Oh, you're like me. You're just like using every single hour of like time that you can to like not be here and not do anything. Um, cause then I think, you know, on, on the other side of the court, like it would be like, I just need a day at home. Like, and that's sort of like a mental health day or something. And like, and I'm still going to work, but again, respecting my time. It's like, well, yeah, totally just work from home. You're still achieving the outcomes that you need to. You're like, you're communicating to people and getting stuff done. And if you do that just as well from home, then, you know, who cares? But, um, so yeah, so I think, yeah, definitely the, uh, person who's always keeping their eye on the jobs boards is definitely a symptom of being disengaged. The person who's like yeah, dreading going to work. And I think that, that negative energy kind of like pollutes the space. I, I always sort of view things that way of like energy, you know, in a space and what people are kind of putting out there. And, um, I think that it really could be influenced from the top. So we'll, we'll kind of get to ways that we can, uh, avoid this or ways that like disengagement is fostered to so sort of digging into that a little bit deeper. Um, Cause I think culture and people's engagement is definitely affected from the top of organizations. What else do you think affects disengagement? You know, what would, what would make someone feel disengaged and maybe just, uh, you know, as the eternal optimist ways that people can like avoid disengaging <laughs> their employees, like things that they should maybe be conscious of. So they know that maybe they should make a, a pivot or a change. Yeah. You know, it's funny cause you, you said at the beginning, you know, even talk about Disney a little bit and you know, I loved my time at Disney, but I think what stands out to me the most, the most is when it was time for me to go. Um, even though it was kind of, my hand was forced a little bit with layoffs and things like that. Um, it was very much time to go. I was one of those individuals who in the morning I would wake up and just dread the idea of getting up and going to work. And I think a lot of that had to do 
with the fact that I felt like it was this never-ending battle of proving myself, but then not getting any real feedback or recognition for the work that I was doing. Mm. Um, you know, I, I think Disney does a lot of really great work in recognition, um, but I think that sometimes it falls to the wayside for things that as an employee, yeah, it's important for the company, you know, to make money and make customers happy and things like that. But you know what, if your customer, if your employees aren't happy, your customers are not going to be happy um, because they're not going to get the great experience that they should. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I remember distinctly being upset or frustrated because it felt like my supervisors down at Disney weren't really concerned about what was going on in my personal life. Um, you know, and I, and very sadly, I lost my grandfather um, while I was at work one night. I got a call that said, look, you've got to come home. Um, you know, he's going to go. And as I walked out the door, the last thing my supervisor said to me was, oh, make sure you get a copy of the obituary. And I was like, that is the most awful thing a person can ever say. Yeah. As I'm running out the door to go be with my family during one, you know, a very difficult time. And I thought to myself, well, gosh, it's time to go. You know, if that... <laughs> If that's where we're at right now, um, it's time to move on. And I think what I love so much about our field is that you know, you're going to find people who are disappointing or they're, they're not um, providing for these engaged spaces. Uh, but by and large, what I find is that my colleagues really want to make a difference for other people. Uh, and that not, only to, that not only benefits our students, but that benefits ourselves um, and each other because we're really concerned about what we're doing for other people around us. Um, I think a you know a good example is here. You know, I I think we all know that although we might want to be in student affairs for the rest of our lives, we're not necessarily all res hall directors for the rest of our lives. And so we get to know one another, and we get to to we hear what each other's goals are, what their dreams are, and you know if something like that pops up on higher ed jobs, we send it to each other and. <laughs> It's not because we're, you know, get out, you know, wanting folks to get out or anything like that, but we, we want to know that that person is going forward and doing what they really want to do. And I think that that's important from the top down. And so um, if you're not seeing that from your supervisors, if your supervisors aren't engaged in what your ultimate plans are, that five-year plan or 10-year plan, um, and they're just worried about them in the moment, um, I think you're going to lose a lot of respect and a lot of that engagement and productivity from your staff. Um, the other thing that's really interesting that I you know, have been reading about recently is obviously our workforce is going to be largely made up of millennials soon. Um, those are the folks who are entering the field currently by and large. And the, the most important attributes rated by millennials about companies that they choose to work for, they all align with positive employee engagement. Uh, and so, you know, Millennials are often described as those folks who do move out to move up, mm-hmm. uh, but they've reported that they'll stay where they are to move up if they feel valued, and I think that's the most important piece. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I think like there's so much. I think with this workplace engagement and just and some of the things that you said is just, you know, managers taking the time to get to know the people that they're supervising because you know one like i said just being respectful of someone's personal life because that you know as much as people want to think that you know our personal lives don't impact our work lives they do we are who we are you know the second we walk out the door and like can i come back in like it's it's all intertwined and i think just respecting that and kind of having an idea of where people are and then uh personally knowing 
where people want to go and not holding them back from that and like i think that is a really positive thing of like yeah like you said it's not like you're trying to kick somebody out like we don't want you here anymore and get out it's like no like i want you to be happy i want you to grow and develop and those sort of things and it really is like a very empathetic uh and like you said student affairs people i think are tend to be more often than not naturally empathetic people very caring very helpful people and uh yeah it's definitely a big thing to um like I was saying before, uh, just giving people opportunities to grow. And ideally, those opportunities to grow could be within the organization that they're already in. And um, yeah, just, and I think knowing someone personally, you're going to know too, um, like what you said with Disney, uh, like know how to praise people, know how to recognize people, because as good as any kind of major, you know, uh, recognition thing is, you know, somebody going up on stage and getting this cool trophy, it's like stuff like that needs to happen in a smaller way more often you know because you can only do so much with these like huge award ceremonies like you need to be able to tell people they're doing a good job you know and kind of have a feedback loop pretty regularly and yeah like if you uh aren't because i think yeah like you're gonna have like the blind spots like i don't even know if i'm doing a good job much less like what (laughs) impact i'm having on people and you know i think yeah you're gonna get kind of frustrated just by not having any of that um recognition and support and sort of praise and um yeah, those sort of things. So just knowing how people appreciate getting that, because I know some people don't even want to no. <laughs> be up in front of everybody, like, you know, getting this huge award. They just need to get like, sort of a pat on the back and just like, hey, good job. Keep it up. You know, and, like some people want to get like, yeah, would want to get a reward of some sort. Other people would just want to, because um, that actually goes into, um, there's like love languages that people use yeah. for like their personal relationships. Some people have adapted it for like, uh, like recognition at work of just like how to receive uh, recognition. I, I think I'll, I'll have to try and find a good link for that um, of languages. Uh, well, and yeah. I think, you know, we talk so much about evaluations and things like that. And we always say we don't want our staff to be surprised at their evaluation about negative things. Right. We, right. we shouldn't be surprising our staff at their evaluation with positive things either. Um, it's so awesome to get that great evaluation, you know, kind of keep in a personal file that you can use later to go back over and feel good about what you're doing. But it shouldn't wait till the end of the year. Mm-hmm. I think you should keep that recognition going throughout the year and, and making sure people know that what they're doing is the right thing and they're, they're doing it really well. Um, you know, and I think it keeps people from being anxious as they're going into evaluations because uh, they know, oh, but remember all these good things that my supervisor has said to me, surely those things are going to show up too. Uh, so I think we really need to focus more on making sure there's no surprises in general, not just about negative things. Right, yeah. Because I think, yeah, the, the bad things can snowball. And that's when, like, it gets to a point of just, like, we have to let you go because you keep doing this thing wrong. And it's like, you never told me that I was, like, not supposed <laughs> to do it that way or something, you know. Or, yeah. Um, yeah, so definitely a good point. We should get feedback loops for good and bad things on a regular basis. Uh, definitely helps people um, feel supported and engaged at, at work. Um, so I, I guess if you can kind of smash these together a little bit, because um, I, I – I sort of know, I guess, what the, I think we've kind of uh, covered it pretty well here. Like, like the ultimate implications of being engaged and being disengaged. It's, it's sort of, I guess, uh, you know, scaring people straight or like, you know, inspiring them straight, uh, whatever. Um, Cause I think, yeah, it's like if, if uh, organization were to, you know, do the things that we were saying, what would happen on both sides of the coin of like, what, what are the ultimate implications for being engaged and for being disengaged? 
So we'll start with disengaged and I'll say, you know, there's the obvious things, the turnover and the unhappy employees, which leads to unhappy customers. But um, Gallup, who, you know, we all know pretty well, thanks to strengths, um, mm -hmm. you know, and we're familiar with the work they do there. They do a lot of research around uh, productivity and specifically around employee engagement. And uh, in 2015, they said about 70% of American employees are either not engaged or actively disengaged. And this leads to a cost to the United States of 450 to 550 billion dollars per year. Mm. So that's lost productivity. That's folks who are kind of clicking around Facebook and uh, job, you know, soft job searching, um, or folks who just aren't coming to work because they can't even imagine the idea of it. Um, and that's huge, 550 billion dollars. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty clear, like, uh, implication for sure, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think about, that would pay off my student loans a few times. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a few billion times. Uh, and so, you know, when you look at it that way, when you just look at the pure cost, obviously that's going to stand out to you. But then just, you know, especially in our field where we are empathetic people, where our desire um, for doing the work we do is around making people feel valued, feel involved, and, and feel like they're in a place where they can develop and learn and grow. If we're not engaging folks, if they're not feeling good about being here, then they're not going to get any value out of it. Um, and I think, you know, in order to be good stewards to our profession, good stewards to our field, we need to be making sure that at every point in the road, we're doing everything we can to keep pe good people here. Yeah. Uh yeah, I know we had a essay chat uh, recently about uh, like leaving student affairs and a lot of people that I think even still just working in like the higher education industry have left typical campus jobs and I, I'm one of them. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that that is the idea is that like if you're if institutions aren't sort of fostering these uh, engaging environments for their employees, yeah, they're going to just they're going to lose people and uh yeah, not be able to support their students in the best way and, and just in terms of the people who are there aren't feeling inspired to do their best work and then the good people that they might have are just going to get fed up and leave and um yeah so yeah i think just some clear implications for uh, uh certainly what uh what will happen if we don't engage people and i think yeah i mean obviously just the inverse of those being uh, true if we were to really uh kind of across the board engage our employees of just saw that um you know, increase in productivity you know increase in retention of students and um and just overall people being happier and being more supportive uh of each other at work so um uh what are uh, uh we've mentioned some things that sort of offhand that we'll uh, have in the show notes um anything else resource wise that you would like to uh give a tip of the hat to that we'll have in the show notes um you know i think yeah, I have to, I'm not a paid spokesperson for Gallup, but I think that the work that they're doing around uh, employee engagement, workplace engagement can be really, um, it's, it's really helpful, it's going to be really beneficial if folks, you know, just kind of take some time searching around, I, there's a couple of links that, you know, we'll have added in. Um, and I think just in general, uh, you know, shout outs, things like that, that I want to say is that, the Student Affairs Collective in general is, is a community that has given me the opportunity to reach out to people who I don't necessarily work with directly, but I know are in the field. And so even when there have been times that maybe I'm feeling frustrated or things aren't going the way that I can, that I, I have that community to reach out to. So I definitely want to say, you know, for those folks who kind of lurk in that community, you know, come 
forward and <laughs> make connections because they're super valuable. So even if things don't seem right at work, um, you can reach out to other folks in the field to have someone to bounce you know, thoughts and ideas off of and can help maybe get you back on, on track uh, in your workplace. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, no, I would I would hope that uh, listeners of the podcast engage in the community. There's a, you know, if it's just uh, during the regular chats, or yeah, just just in general, I think that's probably the biggest thing is people know that there's places to, you know, uh, just connect in general all the time and not just on regular scheduled chats. So. Um, yeah, I guess I would. I've gotten into like weird thought a lot uh, with stuff like this. It's like uh, there probably are people who only listen to this podcast and don't <laughs> do anything else. Just like I was, uh, I was on like a podcast a while ago. But like yeah. people who only read the novelizations of movies but don't actually watch the movies. <laughs> like there's, yeah. there's got to be somebody who does it because like there's, there's people out there. Yeah, because um, <laughs> yeah, it's like just on a planet of like what seven billion people or whatever it's like if you could ever think of anything that anybody does or like any possibility of anything that anyone could do ever is like somebody does it because there's like a lot of people on the planet so like <laughs> you know or if you do a weird thing and you think you're the only one it's like probably not there's a bunch of humans on this planet so somebody else probably does that weird thing that you do yeah. um <laughs> uh so yeah, on that note, uh, we will end as we always do uh, with whatever final thought that you'd like to end the episode with. Sure. Yeah, I think I've said the word recognition about a hundred times in the you know thirty minutes or whatever that we've been talking, but I I can't say enough about how important it is that we really build a culture of recognition within our field and within everything that we do because at the end of the day, human beings are the greatest resource on this planet. And if we're not finding ways to make people feel good and valued in the work that they're doing, then we're going to lose that great resource. So recognition is number one and, uh, you know, do it, go for it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was, uh, was a good, like one big takeaway if uh, people don't uh, <laughs> take anything else away. That's definitely a good action item is, uh, just figuring out good effective ways to on a regular basis, recognize people and give them good feedback. So, um, yeah, I think that is a very uh, great and good place to end this episode. Alex, I appreciate you uh, taking time out for this podcast and for uh, chatting about this important topic. Hey, it's my pleasure. And folks can reach out to me on Twitter, too, if they want. It's uh, Alex Fields UC. Yes, absolutely. All right, Alex, you have a good rest of your day. You too. Bye-bye now. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you want to help us out, leave us a review and rating on Stitcher or iTunes, or just share out the show so other people can find all the cool stuff we talk about every single week. Again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Student Affairs Spectacular Podcast.